If you're married, raise your hand. Mar married people, raise your hand in here. Come on, married people. This is awesome. All right. Uh, single people, raise your hand if you're single up in the house. Yeah. Come on, keep those hands up. Look around. Just look around. This might be your moment, okay? I'm sorry for all those online. You got to get here. This is their moment. Look, just looking. Just checking. This is it. This is it. All I ask is that you name your first child Joshua. That's it. Um, I, uh, I'm so excited about, about this series as we've been preparing for it and getting ready. Uh, and, and let me just say this on the front end, um, whether you're married or single, we are really trying to shape this, uh, this series into a way that everyone can participate in. So if you're single, when we talk about married things, don't check out because you're going to need it at some point. Um, if, you're, if you're married and we start talking to singles, please don't check out as, of that as well because there's single people around you that may need some advice that you share with them. So I'm just gonna encourage everyone to just kind of stay locked in through all this. Uh, there are notes, of course, for all these messages. So you can go back and, and listen to these, or read these notes or listen to this message. But I, I, I wanna talk about this idea of masterclass and this idea of relationships, which I wanna just say this right off the gate. Thank you for all those who filled out, how many filled out the survey that we sent out this fact? Thank you so much if you did. Um, we had over 460 people fill out the survey. Yeah, so uh, for those that did not get it, we're gonna send it out again. Uh, if you can go on our Facebook page as well, but we'll send it out via our Daily Devos text just out there as one more reminder. But we had 460 people. So normally when I stand up here, I share statistics about marriage and about dating and about just so many different things that I get from books and research. And I, I, I did not want to do that only. I wanted to make sure that I was speaking to where we are as a church. And so 460 of you, married and single and engaged and divorced and widowed, all filled out this survey. It was in a pretty extensive survey. Some of you were like, man, this is some deep questions. Uh, they were to a degree for reason though, because a lot of the questions that I ask you are going to be in the messages that we're gonna be sharing in the weeks to come. One of the big deals, we talked about communication, talking about trust, um, talking about money, just so many different things that can bring our relationships down, but could also enhance our relationships if we get them right. So uh, starting next week, I'm gonna start sharing some of that data. Um, now, I don't know anybody who filled it out. Uh, it's all anonymous, but it was, some of you were so real and I appreciate, especially those who wrote the written feedback. Thank you so much, because that helps us tremendously. From those who are single in here, I got to read some very, very, um, heartfelt things from you, from those that are married in here that shared things about their marriage. Uh, just so many great things. So come back in the weeks to come. We're gonna dive more into, those, uh, into that data and you're gonna hear some great stuff. We have some incredible things planned for you in this series. Now, let me sh share with you where I got the idea for Masterclass. So during stay at home, during the quarantine time in 2020, uh, I had a, a really good pastor friend of mine reach out to me and said, have you ever heard of Masterclass? I said, no. I said, what is it? And he said, it's kind of like an online, almost sort of Netflix style thing where uh, leading people in certain industries are do, teach a masterclass on the industry that they're experts in. And so he's like, I think you would really enjoy it. I love documentaries. I love learning behind the scenes of things. And so, so I subscribed to it. And uh, I subscribed to it. He only had to tell me one thing. He's like, they have a whole masterclass on barbecue. I was like, I'm in, I'm all in, <laughs> done. 
So I watched this like two hour masterclass on barbecue. If you wanna get some ribs, come to PJ's Rib Shack, okay? So I got, I'm telling you, um, I've learned so many things. My wife was watching the gardening one and then they have masterclasses on so many different things. My boys were watching Steph Curry on basketball. I mean, they have all these really cool masterclass on these topics. And I was thinking as I was preparing for this series, we always do a relationship series in February of, what would it look like for us to have a masterclass on relationships? I think our world needs a masterclass on love, sex, and marriage, and not what popular culture tells us, but come on, how many know what the Bible tells us about what it is? And, and so that's what this series is kind of built all about, because when you and I have questions for love, sex, marriage, relationships, unfortunately, most people go to all the wrong places. They go to all the wrong sources. Google and YouTube and, and social media and entertainment are not going to teach you the right things on how to do those in a healthy way. And so that's where we're going today. And I wanna, I wanna show you how this is based off of scripture. Romans chapter 12 is, uh, is a passage of scripture that reminds us why it's so important for us to not just go to the world when it comes to these things. Romans 12 verse two says this. Everybody help me. It starts with this, don't what? Don't copy the behavior, okay? And that's what we do. When we wanna learn about things, we just copy what we've seen somebody else do. And, and scripture tells us, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let who? Come on, let God transform you into a new person. Now watch this, here's how he's gonna transform us. By what? Changing the, changing the way you think. So this is huge here, because all of us, when it comes to relationships, love, sex, marriage, dating, singleness, all that involves in all of that, we have a certain way that we think towards it. The question that I'm gonna to pose to it is, is the way you're thinking about it the way God thinks about it or is it the way the world thinks about it? And have you been trained and don't even know it on how to do relationships, not God's way? So that's what this series is gonna be about. We're gonna go look and, and this verse continues and says, when you allow God to do that, watch what's gonna happen. Then you're gonna to learn to know what? What God's will is for you, which is one of the big questions that people always ask me. What's God's will for my life? What's God's will for my life? Well, when we get to know how God wants us to do things and we let him change the way we think about things, we get to know God's will, which God's will is good and pleasing and perfect. And so that's where we're, we're gonna go today is we're gonna look at this stuff. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this very first thought down and that is in order to fully understand love, sex, and marriage, we must let the one who designed them define them. We must let the one who designed them define them. I mean, when it comes to love, the Bible says that God is love. Nobody knows love like God. God is love. It's not even something that God does, it's who he is. I mean, no, sex is not X-rated, it's God created. Can I say that in church? Come on, somebody, all right. So, all right, y'all get ready for weeks to come. It's coming, okay? Watch this, marriage is not man-made, it's God-made. Are y'all with me? Okay, so we've gotta let the one who designed them define them. If you wanna know how to make the best in your marriage, in your single years, in your dating, you've gotta let the one who designed it define it. And God's already put so many principles that you need for life and godliness in this book. If you wanna win in relationships, we need to go to the one who designed it. True? If he created it, listen, if, 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 if I have a Ford truck, then I'm gonna send it to a mechanic that works on Fords, not Toyotas. 
okay? I'm just gonna go to the guy who knows how to do it. Now, I, I want you to think about that in regards to your relationship. Wherever there's strife, wherever there's tension, wherever that is, we need to go to God and let him work on this. So today, for week one of Masterclass, the title of today's message is something that you all know. So I'm gonna sing this song. You're already going to know the answer. As soon as you hear this first line, I want you to tell me the, the line right back. Ready? What is love? Don't hurt me. No. There you go. Okay, y'all good. All right. We'll see if 11 does better than y'all though. All right. So I'm going to blame it on the ice. So here's the crazy part. Watch this. That's not even the answer to the question. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. That's not the answer. But watch this. But because of life, that's our answer. Because of what has happened in past experiences, when we say, hey, what is love? The first thing we go to is, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me, don't hurt me. Because every time I get close to love, I get hurt. I get hurt. And so today, as we dive into that question right there, what is love? And what ends up happening is, is the reason why we say a response like, don't hurt me, is because we have experienced pain or we've got some bad information from people. And so that is our viewpoint. That's how we think about love. And so I wanna start this series today talking about myths, talking about things that we believe that are not true. Because if we gotta change the way we think about love, sex, and marriage, we have to address the things that we think is true that are not true. So let me start with myth number one. This one you will all love. Myth number one, all men can't be trusted and all women are crazy. Who has said that? No, don't raise your hand. Okay, so is this not something that goes around right now? All men can't be trusted and all women are crazy. I remember asking a guy one time when he said that to me, all women are crazy. I said, well, then how do you ever get married? He said, you just pick the least craziest one you can and that's the one you go after. I'm like, okay, all right. By the way, he's still single. Um, so that did not work for him, yeah. Okay, so where does this myth come from? Watch this. It comes from bad personal experiences, right? It comes from being around people who give you bad information all right? There's a number of things. It could be the, the home upbringing you've been involved in. So whatever you've been raised in, how many know that's your norm? If you were raised in a single family home, a single parent home, how many know that's your norm? But just because it's your norm doesn't mean it's what God wants. Are y'all with me today? Okay, so it's, it's not to say that God can't use those, but I just want us to understand first and foremost how do we get through this? And many times people will say things like this. Well, that's my truth. Well, my response to that is, no, that's your lie that you're believing as your truth. Amen. That's not a truth. That's your truth. But it's, how many know, it could be your truth and still be a lie. So all men, are, all men can't be trusted. And all women are crazy. No, some are, but not all. Not all. It's based off of our, our truth. Let me give you a second myth. This is a big one right here. Myth number two. If I can find the right one, 
Everything will be all right. It's funny because everybody who's laughing is married. <laughs> None of the single people are laughing. They're like, yeah, that's true. All the married people are like, ha, 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 If I find the right one, right one, everything will be all right. All right, so let me show you how the world works, okay? Watch this. So the world's way is this. I find the right one. We fall in love, and I fix all my hopes on them. Ready? And if failure occurs, I just go back and repeat one, two, and three. Oh, then that wasn't the right one. Okay, no, no, this guy was really the right one. And then I fall in love with this guy. And then I put all my hopes on him. And then it falls through again and go, whoa, I must have bad choosers. All right, let me try this one again. This girl, this is the world's way. This is what, this is what leads to multiple divorces. This is what leads to multiple issues. This is what leads to multiple partners. It's because we, we think, I just got to find the right one. And then you get married to this person. And then what happens after six weeks to 18 months, which is when they say normally that the feelings start fading, what happens after that? Then you just start thinking, well, maybe I didn't pick the right one. And we buy into the right one mentality because we've been watching way too many Hallmark movies. Okay, or Disney movies, or any movies. Okay, you're like, well, what, what about a walk to remember? That's fiction. Like, what, what about The Little Mermaid? And what about, I mean, we just list all these movies that we've seen and go, that's a cartoon. That's not even real life. And yet this is the world's thing. If I just find the right one, everything's going to be all right. That's the world's way. Let me show you God's way though. Ready, watch this. Here's God's way. You become the right one. You walk in love and then you fix all your hopes on God. And then watch this, and if failure occurs, then you just go back to repeating one, two, and three. Become the right one, walk in loving ways, and then we fix our hope on God. Matthew 6.33 says it this way, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And watch this, when I seek God first, so God help me become the man of God you've called me to be. Help me to be the woman of God you've called me to be. When we seek first his kingdom and say, God, what do you wanna do in me? Watch this, all, the next verse says this, or here it is. And all these things, all the things that you long for, all the things that you hope for, I wanna be married one day. I, I wish we had a better marriage. I, you, you fill in whatever that gap is. All these things that you long for first have to start with you seeking God first. When I seek God first in his kingdom and I allow him to do what he needs to do in me, this is huge. And if you look in God's word, listen to me closely. If you look in God's word about finding the right one, you won't find much there. But if you look in God's word about becoming the right one, it's all over there. We need to stop focusing so much on them and focus on him that wants to make you. So if you're married here, stop focusing on changing them. That's another myth, by the way. I can change them. Yeah, how's that going for you? Probably not too well. 
right? So, so we focus on him and then we let him make me into the man or to the woman he calls me to be. And when I'm a better man or woman of God, I can love better because I'm receiving love from the God who wants to give it to me. Are y'all with me? Because I'm not fixing my hopes on someone else. I'm fixing my hopes on God. And let me, let me say this as well to those who are single in here. The, the single season that you're in, all right, this single that you're in, feels like a waiting season. Watch this. Your waiting season does not have to be a wasted season. This is such an incredible moment in your life for God to do all the stuff that he wants to do in you, that you need to allow him to do, all the stuff that God can, can do through you. Such an incredible thing, which if you don't allow him to do that, it leads to the third myth that we all believe oftentimes, and that is that love and marriage will fix our problems. Yet again, it's only married people who are laughing again. Love and marriage will fix our problems. Not just get married, it's all gonna go away. It's all gonna go away. Watch this, listen to me. This is huge here. I want you to read this with me. Everybody, I want you to read this out loud with me. There is no such thing as married people issues. Only people issues that get worse in some of y'all like, as you're reading, you're like, oh, this is getting worse. This is getting worse. <laughs> no. There's no such thing as married people issues. There's only people issues that get worse in marriage. Watch this. Marriage magnifies dysfunction. Relationships can magnify dysfunction that's there. So... I've heard guys say this all the time. You know, when I get married, I'll stop looking at porn because I'll, I'll be married. You won't. I'm just letting you know. When I, when I get married, I'll stop drinking. When I, when I get married and, and we start having kids, then I'll start going to church. Then I'll get my life right. Then I'll do this. And I'm telling you right now, watch this. If you don't allow God to fix your issues when you're single, when you get married, they, they become, after six months, not your issues, but you begin to blame them on the other person. Watch, listen to me. This is how it goes. So six months into it, that you have a drinking issue, you start saying things like, I'm only drinking because of you. When you've been drinking the whole time. Well, I'm only looking at pornography because you won't, you know. And what ends up happening is because you're not allowing God to fix your issue, you come into marriage and then you blame your issue on the other person when it was yours the whole time. Your own insecurities, your own fears. I'm telling you, love and marriage will not fix your problems. We are looking, yet again, coming back to putting our hope in a person to do something that only God was created to do. So we've got to begin here and start with this right here. Healthy, watch this, healthy relationships are made up of healthy individuals. Healthy relationships are made of healthy individuals. So that's some of the myths. I could go on and spend the whole message talking about myths, but I want to answer this question, what is love? And the way that I want to answer it is I want to contrast it. Because in order to really know what love is, you have to contrast it against what it's not and what the world wants you to think is love. And there's a word for it, by the way, and it's infatuation. So here's my question. Is it love or is it infatuation? And this is huge here. And so this is going to apply to those that are single in here, and it also is going to apply to those that are married in here. 
Because all of us need to understand, are we walking in love or are we walking in infatuation? And you can be married and started in love and end infatuation and so forth, and it can go and mix all around. So I wanna give you a couple of thoughts between the two. First one is this, is that infatuation is based on feelings and love is based on commitment. Infatuation is based on feeling and love is based on commitment. You know, when I do premarital counseling, I, I'll always ask, this is one of the questions I always ask people when we do premarital counseling, why are you getting married? And, and one of the top reasons I always hear is, because we're in love. We're in love. Now listen, that's not a bad reason. I hope it wouldn't be because I just hate them and I just think that's what we should do. That's okay, and love's a better answer than that. <laughs> but watch this, but it can't be the main one. And it can't be the only reason. Because yet again, what happens after six to 18 months when you've lost that love and feeling? Whoa, whoa, that love. Y'all aren't with me? Okay, all right. Y'all need to go watch Top Gun. Okay, so, so watch this. I'm gonna shatter some of your worlds right now. Love is not an emotion. Love is a choice, it's a commitment, it's, a, it's, it's something that you desire to do, but it's, it's not just an emotion. Oh, I'm just so in love. No, it's a, watch this. Watch what Matthew chapter five, verse four. Think about this if you view love as an emotion. Matthew five, verse 44, Jesus says, but I say to you, love your enemies. <laughs> when do you ever feel that? Does anybody wake up in the morning and be like, oh, I so love the person who talks all bad about me on Facebook. I love that coworker who makes my life a living hell. No, watch this, because you cannot command an emotion. Watch this, I can't say, be sad. <laughs> you can't do that, okay? I can't command you to have an emotion. So, so here is, is it's not a command, it's a choice that you and I have to make. It's a, it's a choice, it's a decision, it's a commitment. You don't have to feel like loving someone, watch this, to love them. I'm gonna say that again. You don't have to feel like loving someone to love them. If love is a choice, then it's something that we have to really wrestle through. Because watch this, because I hear people say this, well, I just don't feel like it. Well, if love's not in motion and love is a choice, then guess what? Who cares? Like, you've just got to get over it. You've got to make the decision. You've got to make the choice. Watch what Paul says to, to husbands. He talks a lot about love to husbands when it comes to husbands loving their wives, and he says this, in the same way husbands ought to, what? Love, love their wives, okay? All right? As they, watch this, who, watch who they love. As they love their Come on, how many know men love their bodies right now? Listen, woman looks in the mirror and she's like, oh my God, look, it looks terrible. Guy looks in the mirror, he's like, yeah, look at that. His belly could be massive. And he's like, that's a stud right there, okay? That is a stud. Isn't that true? Like we love ourselves, okay? Nobody. And if you don't love me, that's fine. I love myself. Okay, so watch this. Husbands ought to love their, uh, their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who... Watch this, actually shows love for? Himself. Yet again, not an emotion. Not an emotion, but a choice. 
And, 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 and if you go, man, we, we used to be in love. You know why? Because you made the choice. And you know why you're not in love anymore? Because you stopped making the choice. This is another way that I like to put it. Falling out of love, we, we go, well, I need to get a divorce. We're out of love. That's just like running out of gas and going, you need to buy a new car. Hey, guess what? Just go fill up the tank. You don't need a new car. You just need to go get gas. Are y'all with me? Some of y'all are like, I hate this guy right now. Okay, it's, it's okay. It's fine. I love myself. No, I'm not going to cancel. I had to. It was the moment. I felt like it was the moment. All right. So watch this. Here's what commitment is. If you want to you see a good definition of commitment when it comes to relationships, commitment means staying loyal to what you said you're going to do long after the mood you set it in left. Amen. That's commitment. It's easy to say I love you when you're up here with the pastor officiating the wedding and everybody's looking at you and thinks you're amazing. But what is it to say I love you when you're going through hell at home? And to say, I'm in this. I'm committed. I know the emotions aren't there anymore. Love's not an emotion. That's infatuation. Infatuation's based off of feeling. Love, true love, God's love is based off of commitment. How many of you know, are, how many of you are glad that God's love wasn't infatuation? How many know there were many times where he probably didn't want to love us? We were... We were unlovable at many times. We were, we were um, rebellious at many times, but yet because of who he is and because it's a choice that God makes to love because of not just what he does, but who he is. I mean, we receive such an incredible love from him. He's commitment to him. Watch what 1 Corinthians 13, four through seven. Oh, I have so much. Okay, watch this. Here we go. It's Valentine's Day. You gotta pull this one out, right? Love is, everybody help me. And love is not or boastful or or don't look at somebody when you say this one okay it does not wait let's keep we're gonna keep going it is not oh god it keeps no oh it gets better it gets better it does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Ready? Last one. Love never, it never, it always, and it endures through <laughs> The love that God is calling you and I to display, watch this, isn't shown up until life gets messy. Love is kind. Guess what? You don't need to be kind until it revolves in a moment when someone else was rude. So I just started writing things down. Unless someone offends you, you don't need to be kind. Unless someone annoys you, you're not irritable. Unless someone wrongs you, you don't need to keep records of wrongs. Unless someone disappoints you, you don't need to have faith. Unless someone hurts you, you don't need to endure all things. The love that God is calling you and I, and he's showing us, this is what he's telling us. You're going to be in relationships where that person offends you, wrongs you, annoys you, disappoints you, and hurts you. Thank you, Jesus. Watch this. But when they wrong you, annoy you, offend you, disappoint you, and hurt you, you now have the opportunity to show them what real love looks like because Christ's love is magnified when it's poured out on sinners. 
Christ's love is magnified when the people around me are not quote unquote worthy of my love. Because there's a, uh, because God gives it to me, I, I give it to others. And so everybody loves to read 1 Corinthians 13. But it's, it's reminding us that none of this was emotion. All of this was action. Love is kind. Love is patient. It's action. It's, watch this. Motion creates emotion. So when I, when I begin to live in love in loving ways, I start feeling love. Let me put it this way. Choices lead, feelings follow. So if you're like, well, I just don't feel love right now. Well, make the choice and then watch how your feelings begin to come to what your choices are. Number two, are y'all with me? We all good? You're like, man, this is week one. I can't wait for week two. Okay. Infatuation, watch this, seeks to be served. Love seeks to sacrifice. If you find yourself always saying things like, oh, well, I wish they would do this for me. I wish they would. Why didn't they do this? And why didn't they do that? And it seems to always be very self-serving. I got a scripture for you. Put this one on the bathroom mirror. This is how we know what love is. What is love? Jesus says it in 1 John 3, 16. That was terrible. All right. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. Watch this. You want to know what love is? And we ought to for our brothers and sisters. What is love? Laying my life down, my life down all day. This is, it was good. Thank you. So, I'm telling you, this is, this is huge here, and this is what you need to understand. When it comes to this idea of being self-served or sacrificed, this is what we do. Number three, infatuation focuses on external looks. Love focuses on internal character. Okay, now, let me, let me say what I'm not saying. I'm not saying, like, they, they have to look bad. Okay, watch this. You have to look at them forever. So they do need to look good, okay? So it's okay if they look, they look good. But I'm just saying that they need to look as good inside as they do outside. Amen. And what we end up doing is we focus on the outside. Man, look at her. And then you don't look at the inside and then you get married and you're like, look at her. <laughs> is this not true? You skipped all of that. Love is blind, right? You skipped all of that. And then they come and they sit down with me and they're like, Pastor Josh, she's crazy. And I'm like, she was crazy before you married her. You just were so blind to it because all you were was infatuated with how she looked, but you didn't realize that she looked amazing on the outside, but inside she was not. And can I tell you, this same thing happens because what you look like is important, but who you look like is way more important. And we have put way too much stock on the outside and not on the inside. And hey, listen, newsflash, newsflash, if you married somebody 20 years later, they're not going to look probably the exact same as they did 20 years before, 30 years and 40 years, okay? Things, I, I'm not even going there, okay? It's just, it's going to look different. 
So you better not put too much thought. The Bible actually says beauty fades. Now, none of the women who come to our Savior's church, y'all just age like fine wine. Y'all are amazing. Okay, but us, us men, I'm speaking for us men, we age. Today I had a gray hair that was like coming down right here. Oh my God, I'm like, what's happening to me? It's my children. And so, I'm aging, I'm aging. So, watch this. Single people, single ladies, don't just seek tall, dark, and handsome. You better seek things like trustworthy, determined, and honest. And every wife in here said, I'm telling you, I, I have, watch this. In the 20 years of doing counseling for marriages, I've never had a wife come into my office and complain to me about her husband's looks. Ever. But I have countless times had wives come into me and complain about their husband's character. And so I'm telling you, infatuation focuses just on external where love focuses on the internal. And, and let me put it this way to those who are single here. You attract who you are, not what you want. I'll dive more into this in weeks to come. But you attract who you are, not what you want. Like, I just want a man who's gonna love me and love Jesus and all this stuff. Are you that? Are you that? Do you value yourself so much that you make a man work for it? Or does he get it easy? And the same is true for men. Are you a man of value? Are you a man who honors the right thing and honors God? So huge, so huge. Last one, I'm done. Are we good? Everybody in? Seatbelts buckled, we okay? All right, here we go. Last one, infatuation's built on physical, love is built on spiritual. Watch this, watch this verse. 1 John 4, 7 says this, dear friends, let us continue to love one another. Watch this, for love, everybody helps me, comes from Good, okay, watch this. Anyone who loves is a child of God and Okay, it continues. But anyone who does not love does not for God is love. Okay. So how do I love well? How do I love? How do I love? Well, it first starts with God. So let me show you. I'm going to show you how love is built God's way. We're going to end it right here. Okay. We're going to end it right here. So love God's way is built first spiritual. First thing out the gate, you have got to get grounded in your heart is no one can love me like God does. God's love is all that I need. Watch this, because if you don't get this right, you'll put your hopes on man to fulfill something that only God was designed to fulfill. And you will be disappointed after disappointed after disappointed after disappointed. So it starts with God. He is our foundation. He is our source. And this is for everybody. This is for married people, single people. Like it goes to God. One of the sexiest things about my wife is she goes to Jesus more than she does me. And so when she's got an attitude, I'm like, you go spend time with Jesus. Let him deal with you. <laughs> is Lindsay here? Okay, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. She's watching online probably. 
And by, hey, by the way, she does the exact same thing to me. You need to go spend time with Jesus. And hey, listen, that is one of the most refreshing things for me because I know God deals with my wife so I don't always have to. And she, and, God, and she knows that God will convict me. And when, when I don't hear it from God, then she just calls other men and says, can y'all deal with him? Okay. It's <laughs> the great thing about the herd, huh? So it starts spiritual, watch this. Then it goes relational, okay? Then it's, it's I'm grounded in God, I'm serving in church, I'm, I'm getting healthy spiritually, and, the, and then I'm getting around great relationships, okay? I'm making great friendships. I got people speaking into my life that are telling me the truth. I'm getting around uh, uh, you know, great friends. I'm, I'm hanging out with, with other women that, that could be potential. That's good. And then, and then once we are starting to develop the relationship side, watch this, then it goes to emotional. Then now, man, I really feel like this, this, this girl, this is, this is one. This guy, man, I'm really feeling like this is, this is the guy, this is it. And so now I'm starting to dive in a little bit deeper with them emotionally. I'm sharing more parts. I'm making myself a little bit more vulnerable to them. I'm getting to know them personally. They're getting to know me. And then after the, all that, then you go, this is the one for me. You put a ring on it and then guess what you get to do? Yeah, icing on the cake. Then I get to enjoy the benefits of doing it all God's way. This is God's way, by the way. And by the way, if you do it this way, there's no shame in the game. Let me show you how shame gets brought into our relationships. And let me show you why most relationships don't work. Because most people don't build love this way. The way they build love, watch this, starts this way. Goes here first. Wow. Pastor Josh, she is so hot, so hot. Okay, all right. So then you get physical. Then you start doing things with them that scripture says should be done in the confines of marriage. And, and you start here. This is the beginning. This is how the relationship gets birthed. And then after you've done this for maybe for a little while or one night or whatever it may be, then it's like, you know what? Let's, let me, let me, let's add on this. Let's, let's go and, and let's, let's start talking about how we feel about all this. And we start sharing bits of our heart, huge chunks of our heart with this person. We start inviting them into wounds and hurts that we've had in the past. And we just start sharing it all with them. And this is where I've been and this is what's going on. And, 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 and it's all it's been built on is this though. But man, you're sharing everything about yourself. You're sharing everything about your heart and you're sharing everything about your past and your, your broken relationships and where you are and your hopes and your dreams and all this stuff. But look at the foundation. And so then from there, you're all, it's all, it's all, you know, you're so entwined with this person already physically and emotionally. And then you're like, oh, I need to get, I need to get some people in our life. So then you start going to your friends and you start going, hey, 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 man, why don't you come hang out with us? And your friends start going, what? Why are you with him? And you're like, you don't know him. You don't know him like I know him. I know him. We're deep. We're deep. We're so deep. This is the one, I'm telling you. And all your friends are like, ah, 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 ah. no, no, no. And you can't listen to anything that they have to say. You, you go to your parents and you try to, you're trying to get everybody on board with this thing. Come on, come on. 
You're trying to get somebody to approve of this. So it's good, let's go. What ends up happening, you're trying to convince people that this is good. And then what ends up happening is after you've done all that, then you're like, oh man, we need to bring God in all this. And then you try to get God to bless your dysfunction. Pastor, will you marry us? Are you living together? Let's not talk about that. Well, how do you get God's blessings when you don't want to do it God's way? Like, are you sleeping together? Well, Pastor, let's not really talk about that. No, we need to talk about that. Because you want God to bless something that looks like this. And this just takes a little, just a little breeze and all this is coming down. And some of you right now, as I'm saying this, you're like, this is me. You've started this way. You've built this way. You think going to church is just gonna fix all this? It doesn't. Listen, but I want you to hear me closely. God can fix this. So I don't want you to walk out here like, man, I just feel so condemned about my life. No, no, listen. God can fix this. If, you don't, if you're not building right or you didn't build right, don't worry. Watch this. God is a master rebuilder. He is a master builder. But there's gonna have to be some things and some changes that are gonna have to take place in order for you to get it in a healthy place. And so here's my, here's my last thought. In order to love well, watch this, you have to be healed from past pain. You have to be healed from past pain. And right now, if you've been hurt by people, it's time to let that go. If you've been doing relationships your way, it's time to let the master step in and go, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna need to make some big changes here. We're gonna have to say no to some things. There may be some relationships that have to get severed right now because they're sucking the life from you. And you're gonna have to just make some decisions. And what my prayer has been for in this whole series, as we go into the next couple of weeks together, is that your whole desire would be, God, I just want to have a relationships that honor you. Whether if you're married or single or engaged, God, I wanna honor you in all that we do. And in order to honor God, you have to do it God's way. And if you're not doing it God's way, it's perfectly fine. God can rebuild. God can come back and put, help put spiritual where it needs to be and put relational where it needs to be and emotional and physical. He can, he can reorient all of that stuff. But watch this. But that only happens when you allow God to heal the past. To heal some of the decisions you've made. To allow him to step into these moments. Our first goal in this first message is us getting right with God. What is love? Love is receiving all that God has for you. Love is sacrificing for those around you. Love is not infatuation. Love is spiritual, it's eternal character, it's sacrifice, it's commitment. This is what love is. This is what love is. And I'll end today with this. Some of you today, you feel broken and you feel lost. And maybe it's because of some decisions that have been made. But I wanna show you an illustration of this. So I want you to imagine I have a basketball. Okay, watch this. If I have a basketball, a basketball in my hands, maybe $15, $20. You take that same basketball 
and you put it in LeBron James' hand, that's $200 million basketball. Take a football, you put it in my hands, 20, 30 bucks. You put that in Tom Brady's hands, hundreds of millions. Watch it, watch this. You take a stick and you just put it in my hands, nothing. You put it in a guy named Moses' hands, it becomes a trick stick. It's amazing. It's amazing. Hey, put, it, put some dinner in my hands, I'm gonna eat it. You put it in Jesus' hands, it multiplies. Watch this, put two, put two nails in my hands, I can maybe hang up some picture frames. You put them in Jesus' hands, he offers sacrifice, salvation, and healing to all. To all, to all, to all, to all. Hey, watch this, watch this. Whose relationship, whose hands is it in? Because when our relationships and our past and our pain gets in the hands of Jesus, he can do things that you and I can never do. Amen? Amen. Father, right now, God, we invite you into this moment. God, we thank you for your incredible, incredible grace and love that was poured out upon us on the cross. God, we thank you today, Lord, as we are having our, our minds opened and our hearts opened to, to hear what your word has to say about love, sex, and marriage, and relationships. We wanna do it right. We're tired of the pain. We're tired of the pain. But the pain has many times come because of things that have happened in our life. Maybe the, the pain was brought into our life and we didn't, we didn't ask for it. We didn't cause it. It was somebody else. Somebody else caused this pain. Maybe there is pain in our life right now that we have caused. It was our own decisions. God, we invite you into the pain. God, we invite you into the past. And we thank you, Lord, because of your grace and your love and your body and your blood that was broken and shed for us, God, for the forgiveness of sins that we can walk in no condemnation anymore, that you can come in and you can make all things right. You are the God who makes all things right. So God, today I pray, Lord, that where there's areas in our life where we feel conviction right now, may it not stay as conviction, but may it become action. If we need to repent, God, we repent. God, we repent of, of having this marriage in our own hands and trying to fix it ourselves. We repent of that. God, we repent of, of the issues and the addictions that we've had that we've blamed on others, but when really it was our own. God, we repent of that. We repent of the anger. We repent of the pornography. God, we repent of the words that have come out of our mouth that have not been helpful, but have been hurtful to the people we've loved the most. God, we thank you right now for your love and your grace that is being poured out on people in this moment, that you are making all things new, and that God, you're giving them the boldness and the confidence to walk out of this place and to begin to make new decisions because we love, love is not an emotion, love is a choice. You chose to love us. You sacrificed and you gave your life for us. And so today we first and foremost receive your love. We receive your love.
If you're here in this room and you have never surrendered your life to be born again, the Bible calls it being born again, just like you were physically born, you can be spiritually reborn again, new heart, new desires, that God comes on the inside. If that's you in this place, you say, I wanna give my heart fully to him. I know that I have not given my heart fully to him first. I wanna seek first him and his kingdom. The Bible says if you will confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And everything that the enemy wants to hold against you, God will cleanse and forgive and heal and you can turn your life over to him. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to shoot your hands up and say, that's me. One, two, three. If that's you, going up all across this room, come on. Hold it high, hold it high. This is you, this is your moment. This is your moment. God, thank you. Thank you for every hand that's being raised all across this room. Those that are online right now, I want you to pray this right after me. And I want you to say with all your heart, come on, say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. You came and you demonstrated your love for me. That even while I was a sinner, you died for me. You gave your life for me. You took my sin and my shame and my past and you forgave it. God, today I receive your forgiveness. I receive your love. Make me new from this day forward. I believe that everything you did on the cross was enough to make me right with the Father. You gave me a place in heaven and a purpose on earth. Today, I give you my life. Make me into the man or woman that you've called me to be. I'll follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, OSC, let's celebrate today.